Okay. Are you recording right now? Yeah, I'm recording right now. Tanya wants to learn how to shoot up. <laughs> she giggles in the bathroom nervously. So, uh, so why do you need to learn how to shoot heroin as a, as a provider? To instruct your patients on how to do it properly so they don't get abscesses. Exactly, exactly. So they don't get abscesses and hepatitis and HIV. Uh, so we make sure that people are being safe even before they want to quit, right? Because a lot of the people that we see abusing drugs in our emergency department aren't ready to quit yet. Uh, that's why they're still actively using and that's why they show up in our doors with overdose. Um, so if we're actually going to instruct them on how to keep safe, we have to know what it is they're doing and how they're supposed to do, be doing it. Um, so there's a few ingredients you need uh, in order to inject heroin, right? Uh, can you guys think about it off the top of your heads, some heroin. of the things? Well, heroin. We need heroin, great. Needle. We need a needle, great. You need cotton. We need a cotton, great. You're, no more from you. Okay. You, you, agree. you need a syringe, okay. A tourniquet, yeah, plus or minus a tourniquet, yep. Oh no, how are you going to get your heroin, which usually comes in a little, a little solid state? In, yep, so you need a cooker, right? So you've all seen cookers used as spoons, and then you need a solute, so you need something to dissolve your heroin in, right? So the steps are one, you get your heroin, you get your cooker, you put your heroin in your cooker, you dissolve it in something, and then you cook it until that heroin's dissolved, right? That heroin doesn't the purest stuff, so then you usually put a cotton or a filter in, and then you get your needle and you put it in that filter, and then you drop through your syringe. And that's basically the process, okay? So each one of these can be fraught with different errors, okay? Um, so one, heroin itself isn't the cleanest stuff, right? Uh, sometimes it comes in different concentrations, sometimes it's cut with things like fentanyl, so it's a lot stronger than it should be. So one of the things you should tell your patients is, hey, if it's a new batch or from a new dealer, Try to give yourself a test dose to make sure that it's just not too strong, okay? So you can counsel them on their heroin if they're coming with an overdose. <coughs> Two, what are they using for their water? Because their water source oftentimes isn't sterile. People who are desperate and homeless and using heroin get it from the river, they get it from toilets, they get it from wherever the hell they can get some, some water, right? So one of the things we could do is encourage them to use a sterile source. And we do have sterile sources in some places, like an RED, that you could consider giving them or in your place like here, you can just refer them to a needle exchange program and they can get sterile water. Sterile water, sterile cooker, sterile cotton, sterile syringe, and sterile needle. You have to use those new every time, right? And you can't share any of those. HIV is the big one that we think about and we tell people, oh, don't share your needles or you're going to get HIV. And that's pretty true, but HIV... Yep, exactly. Hepatitis is far more common because HIV is a wuss of a wuss of a virus outside of the body, right? It lasts like 10 seconds. Hepatitis C lasts four days, mm -hmm. as long as it has a water source. So if you use a cotton and you've had a needle that's been in you and it's got hepatitis C in, and you keep that cotton in your pocket, you pull it out and you share it with your friend, you know what your friend's going to have? Hepatitis C. So there's a reason why IV drug users in Denver have a 25% rate of hepatitis C and a 1-2% to rate of HIV. It's because Hepatitis C is a lot stronger, and it's because they're not well educated on the fact that they can share this with each other by sharing something as simple as a cotton, if it's relevant, right? So we need to know all those things. Then we also need to, you know, encourage them to use good sterile procedure. So when there's a little drop of heroin on the end of the needle, they're not licking it up, right? And then putting that in their skin, that's how a lot of abscesses happen. 
Okay, so telling them they can't <laughs> go after that last little drop with their tongue is an important thing. Um, and then what they mix it with. So some heroin doesn't really dissolve well in water, right? It has an acidic solution. So do you know what we can recommend to them if they're using things like lemon juice or orange juice or something acidic to actually shoot? Not vinegar. No, no. So vitamin C or citric acid, both of which come in formulations they can use to shoot. Okay. Um, so that's part of the reason why heroin heroin addicts have really difficult IV starts is because they've been shooting with a really acidic formulation, and that will often fry their veins. Okay. So why should you? Great question. Why should you tell people how to shoot heroin? It's harm reduction. It's harm reduction, right? We don't do enough of that in the emergency department. But so, so harm reduction, but why? Why else? Because it's good for the patient, yeah. right? You, you know, people quit, oftentimes people quit heroin, especially when they get older to the age of 30, 40. They'll often have this kind of epiphany of, what the hell am I doing? And they'll quit. And then the other reason is because these people get sick as stink. And if they have no veins and we're digging around for access, and we're trying to find find uh, lines, these are the people that you're gonna stick yourself with, right? So it behooves you to teach people how to be safe with this stuff, because this is how we get hepatitis and HIV as medical providers, is we try to do good things for people with really difficult access. And at the end of the day, if you stick yourself with someone who's got a viral load of hepatitis or HIV that's really high, then you're putting yourself at risk. So keeping them safe keeps us safe, right? Okay, great. There's great videos online. There's a lot of really good ones. You should watch them. I think they're really educational. Uh, the other thing is, what are our numbers for heroin doing? Going up the Through the friggin' roof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Through the friggin' roof. Belmar sees more than Swerve. Belmar, I think, sees almost as many as me, but we see a lot of heroin addicts here. So you better know how to talk with these people. So go watch a video, educate yourself. And then when you actually have an addict, tough love doesn't work. It's not, hey, quit, blah, 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 blah. If you come at them with, hey, man, I care about you, of course I want you to quit. But if you're not ready to quit, I want to keep you safe. That reaches people a hell of a lot better than just saying, hey, stop using. You know? So, okay. Cool. Any other questions about heroin use, et cetera? Why do they call them junkies? No, not because they eat junk food. Those aren't those are marijuana addicts. They're different. <laughs> no? Because uh, they used to steal, they used to be named, a particular group of heroin addicts who used to steal scrap metal to resell it to buy heroin. So they used to, to steal junk from junkyards. So they called them junkies. Yeah? You know, they're stealing catalytic converters off the trucks. Caddies is now what we'll call them. Okay. Okay, great.